Good eve. Good day. Good morrow. Hello. That's his way of saying hello. Hello, guys. Welcome to episode 12 of Sounds That Changed My Life. Um, I'm joined here with, if you give me a few seconds, I'll find his name for today. I've got a whole list of them. <laughs> I've actually lost them. Go on, bring it on. Where bring is it? it? Where is it? You've already had. <laughs> so we had the snatch last week. <laughs> okay. So my name's Tom. I shall be your host this evening. And this is my co-host, Huge Nips. <laughs> Nip. <laughs> um, and today is a bit of a weird one. It's going to start on a bit of a downer note, I'm not going to lie. Um, we were planning this podcast... We've been planning it for a few months. Mm. We've not got around to it. And we planned to do it today, about two weeks ago. And the album that we're covering is Volume 3, Subliminal Verses by Slipknot. Last night, we found out that Joey Jordan passed away. So rest in peace. It's really sad. Um, I don't know. Gutted. It took me by shock, to be honest. I mean, for him to be so young... And, well, at the moment, uh, currently, what's this, the news is that he died peacefully in his sleep. Yeah. That's all that's out. It seems very strange. I hope it stays that way. Yeah. Some people just probably pry too much. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, he's, like, he's one of the best in terms of um, paving the way Mm -hmm. for what, you know, came next. And there's so many bands and, you know, actual artists that are now sort of inspired by them. We've spoken about it before. It's just unreal to know that this is, like, actually happening. Mm -hmm. It's it's so odd to think about. Yeah. But he's been out of the limelight for a few years, so we don't actually know what could have been happening or... Leaving, like... 2013 something like that i think it was um he had a form of ms jesus i knew he had something but i wasn't sure what it was i read about it in in a magazine once and he basically said that the reason he had to leave is because it got so painful for him to play drums um and that's why like during interviews and things like that people were taking a mick because it looked like he'd put on weight but the medication that he had that caused that to happen bloody hell so it wasn't necessarily a case of that slip. Well, the rest of the members in Slipknot kicked him out. Is that he took a conscious, uh, conscious decision to leave himself because of what it was causing him? I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't think he wanted to. He was the founding member of Slipknot. Yeah. Um, but I think he got to a point where he probably couldn't. Mm. You know, he he couldn't do it, which is, it's real sad. Um, you know, all the. Members of Slipknot have turned their social media icons and stuff black. They've not actually said anything yet. But, yeah, it's sad. We we, we were planning to do this album for a long time because it's an album that's very close to us. Uh, Josh had a poster of Corey Taylor on his wall <laughs> for a very long time. But, um, yeah, bit of a weird note to start on. Mm. But yeah, rest in peace. Indeed. Um, where would you like to start, Josh? How has this album? How has this album affected you? 
since the day you heard it to today? Um, and that can be emotionally, physically. Oh God, that is. I don't know because even in the last twenty four hours, it's taken on its own form. Mm. Because during the album, they stayed in uh, the Houdini mansion. Oh, really? Yeah, which apparently Houdini never actually lived in. So but it's, it's just called, a name for it. Yeah. Um, but they all lived there <laughs> while they were recording in this mansion. And during the recording, you know, some of the weirder cuts on the album were because of Joey and Paul, who now have both passed away. But they pushed it in a different direction. Mm. So the song like Circle, which is, you know, a very light album, you know, track, um, started from them two, just writing different styles of Slipknot. And that's why they went lighter on the album to yeah, a certain yeah. degree. I don't know. I think it was the first, yeah, it was the first album I heard of them. I'd heard of Slipknot. So you didn't listen to the uh, self-titled? I went backwards. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I went Subliminal Verses. Then I went self-titled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I went... Iowa? No, I never really listened to Iowa until a few years back. Yeah. Like, I know some of the songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Disaster Peace, Heretic Anthem, stuff like that. All the big songs, but I never listened to it as an album until mm. a few years back. Honestly, the album scared me for a while. <laughs> um, it's raw. It yeah. It's really raw. But yeah, it went backwards. So I went self-titled. Then they bought out 9.0 Live, their double disc live album, which still in my eyes is one of the best live albums. <laughs> Just because it, it is raw. Yeah. And it sounds great. And you can hear the audience. Um, and then it was All Hope Is Gone. And then on from there, only the last couple of years, Iowa has been a big thing to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I think it opened the door for much heavier music for me. Yeah. And it was more of a more of a reason to be like, oh, you can be really heavy and also appreciate, you know, melody and catchiness and yeah. stuff like that. And I, n I never understood how nine people were all in a band together. And, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know how they didn't kill each other, but it's hard enough being in a band with three or four people at times. So, yeah. how about you? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, again like the same with you. Really, it was, um, it was more of a gateway to heavier music. Obviously, uh, as I said, maybe in the last podcast or one of them, anyway. Um, that Slipknot were one of those bands that my dad listened to and I actually started um, overhearing him play it and it was a little while after he played the self-titled album where I thought, ooh, this is quite catchy, I like this. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it definitely strived me onto the path where my music taste has come to today. I mean, I still listen to him a hell of a load. So. Yeah, I mean... I think Subliminal Verses is the album that I consistently go back to. Yeah, it's my favourite album, if I'm honest. Yeah. Oh, by a long shot. And I, I don't know whether it's just... It's down to a few reasons. The quality of the, uh, the actual tracks themselves, mm -hmm. not only like the mixing or anything like that, but it's down to everything. 
like the thought process behind each song absolutely yeah. f- like brilliant um i've got a lot of sentimental memories from that album uh during the time in my life that i was living at that point um and i don't know why and this will make no sense to anybody but it does to me whenever i listen to that album it reminds me of when i was a teenager playing bioshock in my room i used to have oh mate yeah i play bioshock and i'd turn the volume for the game down but i'd I'd play uh volume three in the background yeah and it's just that association i find with it so it i don't know it's it has that slight bit of reminiscence to my teenage years yeah because it all links back and i think like we've we've spoken about some 41 we've spoken about uh system of down those two albums two bands that we've spoken about previously in the podcast um i associate with tony hawks yeah because it would always be on in the background yeah um or it was like cky Mm -hmm. but we never had like cky on cd we always just ripped it offline because it was like (laughs) always in like the dvds and jackass and stuff like that Yeah, yeah but yeah it's it's funny how you look back and you attach a certain thing to a certain song and um yeah i find it really interesting i was looking i wasn't being rude i was looking at um like the production credits on the album because I know that, what's his name, Craig? Can't remember his name. The first two albums was produced by the same guy, mm. and he'd walk in, and just berate the band, to get them to be as aggressive as possible. I think he was the same producer that worked with Corn, and he'd walk in and throw instruments across the room at them to try and make them as angry as possible. What literally throw them? Yeah, he'd throw like <laughs> drums across the room and stuff like that. So. To get Jesus. them to breaking point, so, um, so they could be as angry as they can. Um, I mean that's a different tactic, but what's his name? Ross Robinson. Ross, uh, yeah, yeah. He's very famous for that sort of style. Yeah, but it gets results. Mm-hmm. You know, when Corn got really big, they stopped going to him, and then when they made Volume Three, um remember who you are they went back to him <laughs> which you know it, it says something for the type of people they are yeah um but this was the first album by them where they had it produced by rick rubin <laughs> which is one of my all-time favorite producers yeah you know produced the beastie boys he's produced eminem you know he's produced so many big acts a wide array of different types of music as well yeah he worked on minutes to midnight by linkin park Bloody yeah and I was watching a documentary about it the other day, and um, Linkin Park, from Minutes to Midnight, wanted to write different music as they as they did. Mm. Um, and the funny thing about it is, Rick Rubin turned around to Mike Shinoda and basically said, the way that you write music is you write the instrumental and then the vocals after. He goes, you write it like a rapper. <laughs> so then they threw it all out the window and started writing as a band and in different ways. And that's how you got Minister Midnight. Yeah. I suppose that's kind of like how we've um, tackled our, what we've done so far, music-wise. I think with us, until we um, had a vocalist on board. That's how we kind of had to roll. We just it? went instrumental for half yeah. of it. Um, it's not long. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think like Rick Rubin, he strives for different results. Mm. He's worked with System of a Down. And the way that he records is quite odd sometimes. He tries to get different sounds. Mm. And that's why there's a lot of weirdness and odd interludes and things like that on that album on volume three. And I love that. Yeah. I like the weird sounds. I like the fact that it was um like pointing on from that point is how it was a much lighter album compared to the previous two. Um but from does it go Iowa self titled volume three? No. What is so it? Iowa was the second album. Oh shit, what was Self titled was their first. Was it actually? Mm-hmm. Holy crap. Learned something new over there. Okay, so self titled. I see why you think that though. Yeah. Because it sounds so raw. Yeah, it's weird. Um Jesus Christ. <laughs> when I first, because I, I remember, I don't remember who I was talking to. I had a full-on argument with this person. I can't remember who it was. <laughs> and I was like, no, self-titled is first. And it was like, you know when you have that argument with someone, it's just like, Google it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was right. <laughs> um, but it's it's that situation where you look at it and you go, it sounds so much more visceral Yeah. than self-titled. Now, even down to the... The quality of the recordings as well sounds like I'm not necessarily saying it sounded like it was like a bedroom kind of thing, but it had more of a grittiness to it. Um, yeah, I think there's a reason that, um, for instance, Corey's voice, Corey Taylor sounded different after the album because he there was no way he could maintain a vocal style like that nah. for that long, yeah, yeah, which is odd because. After years and years and years, you listen to their newer stuff, and these vocals kind of gone back to that state, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's quite odd, but you know, Rick Rubin. It might have been the influence of Rick Rubin that led them to, you know, win a Grammy because <laughs> they won a Grammy for before I forget. They turned up at the Grammys with like their masks on and like white suits and stuff. It was really weird, <laughs> um, but it was cool. I mean that was that's their style. Like they really don't care about all winning awards and like trying to write music for like for anybody. It's it's purely down to them and doing it f- for the fact that they enjoy doing what they do. Yeah, I mean that's why everyone should do it, shouldn't they? Yeah, you know it's it's one of those situations where you sh- you shouldn't be trying to look through the influence of others. Mm-hmm. You should be doing it for you. And that's when it becomes, you know, you... You've wrote your best stuff. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, there was lots of talk during this album where it was like, oh, this is going to break the band. Whereas realistically, I think that would have been Iowa when you listen to how the band sounded. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, from like the documentaries and videos that I've seen of them, they were on the verge of breaking up at that point in Iowa. Yeah. There there was definitely a reason that there was a gap between those two albums. Mm-hmm. And I think it did them well. I think Corey was in a bad place. I mean, from, they, they all were, weren't they? You know, there's, there's been a lot of stuff. You know, he's been very open about that stuff. Yeah. Um, but... You know, I think they really produced their best music on Volume 3. I think they were actually musicians. Yeah. Whereas Iowa, it's really hard because Iowa and Self-Titled, there's really great songs, 
but they really stepped into their own. Mm-hmm. I feel like all hope is gone. They went a little too far. Like Jim Root doing a solo over every section of every song. <laughs> we knew he can do solos. But it's like, pick your time. Yeah. But yeah, Volume 3 was just, for me, it was perfect as a metal album. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I, I really enjoy it. And if I ever do go to listen to Slipknot, that is by far the first album that I go to. Yeah, I'll start there. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to flip it on its head for what we would usually say. Okay. And I don't know if there is a song for you. But what songs can't you listen to on that album? Oh, um, sorry. I was going to try find the track listing, which I do have here. He's already got it. He's already got it, guys. <sighs> there may not be any. I know it's a difficult question. We're starting to embrace silence a little bit more on this podcast. Yeah. Especially in the last couple of episodes. Um, I don't think there's a song that I can... Not necessarily listen to. I know I prefer uh, Vermilion Part 2 compared to just Vermilion. (laughs) And I think it's that song, Vermilion Part 2, which is the one that I associate to Bioshock. Because it's much slower. I went through a long period of time where I couldn't listen to that song. What? That was one of the songs that I was going to bring up. Oh, bloody hell. The music video scared the living daylights out of me. I can't remember. It's I'm not good with scary stuff as it is. <laughs> and we've we've spoken about this before, I think, maybe. If not, this will be the first time. <laughs> um, but yeah, basically, I don't like scary stuff. I, Josh loves it. Can't, can't get enough. And if we are watching a horror film at any point, he does this thing where he puts it on. He's like, you got to watch this, you got to watch this. <laughs> and then I'll put it on, and rather than watching the TV and staring at the TV, I look off-centre, and I don't look at the TV. So it's in your brain. I look like I'm looking at the TV, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> I'm not good with it, man. I'm not. I just don't deal well. And um, I'm trying, I, I am still trying to find something that would genuinely make me shit my pants. So if there's anything that anybody can recommend, I mean, I've li- I've watched a hell of a lot of um, films, played a lot of games. Um, yeah, please put it in the comments. Suggest anything. I'm down uh, for whatever. So I, I find it really difficult because I, I genuinely think with anything, you can become desensitized to stuff. Yeah. So the more you do it, the more you're not really going to feel it. Mm-hmm. And, and that might be why you feel that way, possibly. But I'm not a psychologist. I think the last time I was like genuinely terrified was when I used to live up the road and I was in the house on my own. I was upstairs in my bedroom and I put on a film called Grave Encounters. It's a really low budget film. He made me watch that film by the way. <laughs> I started it when it was light, like outside. And <laughs> it finished and it was pitch black outside. I didn't all the lights were down uh, downstairs were off 
and I really needed to go to the bathroom. I, I was genuinely bursting for a piss. I was that scared to try and go downstairs and go for a piss that I had to phone my sister up <laughs> and get her to be on the phone with me whilst I bounce, uh, bounce down the stairs like, and I was at the bottom, turned the light switch on, sprinted to the bathroom. That was probably the last time. I mean, I was probably, what, 14, 15? For reference, the way that oh, Josh used to go that. down those stairs sounded like a herd of elephants. Yeah, real bad. <laughs> yeah so i really shouldn't say embarrassing stories like that should i i think it makes us human ah fuck it <laughs> i think it makes us human but yeah that that music video i love i love the song mm. but i remember city seeing it on kerrang tv and it's nothing too scary like the first music video like, he's all kind of odd, and you're like, oh, okay. But then you go back and you watch Vermillion Part 2, and it's when the woman's, like, she's lying there in the grass or something, or whatever it is, and she just takes off. <laughs> <laughs> which, <laughs> which, if you say if you say out loud, which we just have, it sounds stupid. <laughs> to think. But then again, I suppose when it came out, you were a lot younger. Yeah, but it was one of those that just stuck with me for ages. I was like, oh, God. And I really struggle to listen to that song now. Mm. It's a great song. But it's just memories bring a darker side to it. Yeah, I think so. It just makes it worse than it actually is. But you, I don't know. Yeah, that's a weird one for me. <laughs> um, before I forget, I can't listen to that much. Yeah. I've it's a great song, but it's been just overplayed. Overplayed. Majorly. That's the whole Kerrang Radio thing and, you Doesn't know, Kerrang TV. It's it's like a disease, isn't it? Like, it's songs like, before I forget, American Idiot, yeah, Sugar We're Going Down, all those typical radio kerrang and um, all that sort of stuff. Stuff you find on Bloody Guitar Hero as well. Exactly, <laughs> and you you can't get away from it, and it feels like it's non-stop when like you can switch kerrang TV on now, and we're we're years and years down the line. And you know what songs are gonna be, yeah. <laughs> what songs are gonna be on, just with a couple of newbies. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, before I forget, it's a bit of a weird one. Duality still gets me going, mm. but that's that's one of those that until you see it live, it just takes on another life of its own when Absolutely, you see it live. Absolutely, man. <laughs> um, let's one eighty it then. Favorite song? Yeah. Okay. Um, so me, it's definitely got to be the blister. Uh, blister exists. So the thing I really love about that song, not to jump over you, is when you listen to 9.0 Live, mm. which, by the way, I know full well now I say this, Josh is going to stick it on in his car on the way home. Fucking rev my mind, man. The intro to 9.0 Live is a British dude over the tannoy saying, attention. <sighs> yes, yeah. I, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Slipknot will not be playing tonight due to unforeseen circumstances yeah. and you hear the place almost riot I remember when the first time you showed me that I was like wow I can't do that sure and it sounds like people are just going to rip up the stage just go ham yeah. and all of a sudden it just breaks into blister exists <laughs> oh man that's how you, that's how you open a gig definitely especially if it's going to be a, a heavier gig for instance that's that's the thing that you want to do to get crowds going. Definitely, man. Uh, I'd probably say it's my favourite song on the album. 
uh, purely for the fact of how aggressive and loud and fast it starts. Yeah, it's, it's such an it's such an opening. I don't listen to intro tracks a lot, mm. which is really difficult because our album has an intro track. <laughs> um, but it's it's very hard to get an intro track correct. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always kind of, for the most part, skip along to the second track. And if you screw up the second track, I don't want to listen to your album half the time. Nah. But that was the one where I was like, ooh, ooh okay. <laughs> Um, and then it goes into three now. Mm-hmm. It's ah, I'd probably say every single track, the way it's been written and how it follows into the next song, it's done to perfection. Yeah, I I I'd probably say this is one of my favorite albums of all time. I'd say it's up there, definitely. And the thing is, when I'm at work, I always speak to my manager, and we always talk about music, and he's like, "Oh, top ten but this is not one album that ever comes into it. Mm. And then now we're talking about it, I'm like, actually, it's right up there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, th- that's, uh, when I was younger, I got really fixated on albums where tracks flow into each other. Yeah. I still am to a certain point. I just think it really helps an album be cohesive. But yeah, this is an album where they nailed that. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of those where you kind of look at it and you go, they thought about everything. Absolutely everything. Maybe it's the fact, because between Oyo and this one, why they took so long. Obviously, get themselves back to a point where they can actually work together, but then also having the time to be able to f- figure this out properly, and they did. Yeah, I think during the Oyo touring cycle, they were at a point where they were, like, actually fighting on stage. <laughs> Bloody hell. So I think they had to get to a point where it was just like a bit of a reset. Yeah. Um... But, yeah, I think it's one of those albums that I, and I, it's very rare for me, to mm-hmm. be honest, that I can listen to front to back. Mm. And, I mean, I can listen to every second of the album. And it's not it's not a short album. No. It's Especially quite, with the, uh, how they've got, like, uh, the extra songs at the end, like the live ones. Um, well, it's, it's at a point where albums were actually an hour long. Yeah. This is... 60 minutes and nine seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, which, if you bought the second or the special edition, there was an extra 41 minutes. Jesus wept. But yeah, it was a 60 minute album. Which, if you look at that compared to, I know it's a different band, but for instance, 21 Pilots' new album, mm. that's just over half an hour. Is it? Jeez. I think music's just changed, man. Yeah. But obviously, it's different bands, isn't it? Like, it might be one of those, again, like the the newest Tool album. I don't think there's many songs on that album, but I, I think it's like an hour long. <laughs> I think there's like six songs on that, um, which is Fear We Knocking Them, is it? I've not listened to that one yet. I heard mixed reviews. One hour and 26 minutes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten tracks. I mean, to be fair, they've got a pretty not decent... Bad. Uh, like track list oh yeah length took him like 14 years I think it was like 10 I might be overdoing it I think it was like at least 10 years what to write that album yeah bet- well between the albums so that one was 2019 um <laughs> I wasn't exaggerating 2006 
Was their last album? Yeah. Bloody hell. That's mad, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so mad. Um, but yeah, um, I feel like I've got to answer that question now too. Go on. I've re- I don't know. <laughs> There's some songs on the album where it's like really heavy and then it goes really light. Mm. It's either Circle or Welcome. Oh, okay. Does that? I love it. Um, I don't know. It's I'm I'm torn between two. The Nameless. Mm. It's the call and response vocals. I love that. <laughs> love that track. Um, and Danger Keep Away, which is the outro track. It, it sounds like a, you know prelude sort of track it's not like a real song i don't think but what they do with the sound of the drums like the hi-fi sound or lo-fi sorry and then the the vocals that Corey does and the vocal harmonies it's it's just brilliant it's such a good way of ending an album Mm. um and i think they tried to do the same on all hope is gone in a roundabout way with till we die yeah, but wasn't executed as well. No, I think I think they were just in different places. A band, yeah, with that Corey Taylor polo eye. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think <laughs> it reminded me of the hitch of that mass mastered. It was weird, man. With my solo polo vision. <laughs> <laughs> if you like the Marty Bush, you'll get that. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's great. So. <laughs> Let me put you in the picture. <laughs> uh, what what is it that he does on the on the live Mighty Bush? Oh, doesn't he? He spits in Thingy's face. I can't remember his. I don't. I don't know. I probably got it wrong. Um, Why you not like my pie? Why you not like my pie? <laughs> this is just fair enough. So many different things. I mean, <laughs> if we ever do. There's not even a way of doing other videos that change my life. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but, yeah, we could do our sounds that change my life all about the crimps. Oh. We could fill a couple of hours <laughs> with that. Crimpty, crimpty, now, crimpty, crimpty, <laughs> ask me how, crimpty, crimpty, you will pay, crimpty, crimpty, have my way, boing, ding, boing, boing, ding, crimpty, crimpty, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I was I, sad enough to learn them all. I, I, got, him, I got him on one there. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I mean... <laughs> oh, I've lost I've lost track of what I was gonna say. Um Yeah, it's charts and certifications went to number two in Australia. He went to number one in the UK. Did it? Which I never knew. Huh. But it says UK rock and metal albums, which again this is on Wikipedia, so this could be wrong. You could have like Tom's Golden Award on here. <laughs> And someone would be like, oh, yeah, that's correct. They did that. (laughs) But it went platinum in Australia, Canada, and Denmark, in the UK and the US. Jeez. Which platinum in the UK and platinum in the US is different. Oh, is it? So in the UK, platinum is 300,000, I think. I think. Um, And in in the United States, it's a million. Ooh. Well, that is that's the sales figures that they did for that album, I think. Yeah. Um, 
Unreal. <laughs> Unreal. They deserve it, man. It's phenomenal. Okay, so the question that I will ask you is if, and the, it can't be the favourite song thing. Mm. If you could erase any song from existence off the album, oh, what would it be? If it's the if it's the song I'm thinking of, it's probably going to upset you. I'd probably say Circle. Why? I don't know. There's something about it. It's a strong song. Yep. But it's not as strong as the others, I don't think. I get that. It's I, I it's not an album filler. Could lead through without it, in my opinion. I see what you mean. Yeah. It's like an interlude kind of thing for me. I think that's how it was intended. I don't know. I mean, it's a fantastic song, but sometimes interludes aren't needed. I agree. Um, what about you? don't know it's hard that's the thing there's so many great songs on the album so I mean if I had to and I used to love this song when I was younger cool Pulse of the Maggots just feels a bit cheesy now now I'm older (laughs) with the whole speaking through a megaphone thing (laughs) And it's just like, when you're a kid, you're like, oh my God, I could imagine him doing this live. And it's like... <laughs> That's so badass. I just don't... I don't think they really ever played it live. Nah. Whenever I've seen them, they've never, never played it. On the 9.0 album, this is where I check it because I'm going to be wrong. Um, no? Oh yeah, they did. They did actually play it. <laughs> I'm wrong. Um... <laughs> But like that bit during the megaphone at the beginning, that's just a recording on 9.0 Live. He doesn't say it, mm. I don't think. <laughs> I'm not going to go back and listen to it during the podcast. Um, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't. I just, I don't know. I feel like as a metal song, it's one of the weaker songs on the album. Yeah. yeah. It's not, not like there's lyrics with any kind of meaning behind it. It's just... I'm saying this to be badass. It goes into five finger death punch territory. <laughs> a bit butt rock. A little bit butt rock. <laughs> What's that? And it's, just, it's just the lyrics. That's all it is. It, like the instrumentation's great. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> can become a little bit butt rock. What's the uh, vocal uh, lyrics from five finger death punch that you tell me every now and again and it like, cracks me up? I'm going to hit you so hard, it'll feel like you kissed a freight train. <laughs> oh, that was it. I'm going to slap you so hard, it'll feel like you kissed a freight train. And Josh had heard that song probably hundreds of times beforehand and just never really picked up on it until yeah. you actually take it out of context and you say, I'm going to slap you so hard, it'll feel like you kissed a freight train. You go, oh, actually. That's really, really Little nap. bit cheese. Um, okay, so. I'm going to ask you a question. How do you feel this album has affected your performance and 
uh, process of thinking of writing your own music or inspirations? The one thing was more, I don't think it was anything in terms of like guitars. Um, arrangement was a very big thing because mm. it made me realise that as long as it flows and you do it in an effective way, there's no set formula. Mm-hmm. You know, like chorus, verse, or verse, chorus, first chorus, bridge, yeah. chorus, end. Like, if it flows and it makes sense, no one will question it. Mm-mm. And as as a musician, it was all, I think it was all about percussion. The fact that they they have a drummer and two percussionists and they have rhythms interweaving each other, that did a lot. Yeah. I, I really realised, you know, a lot of stuff. It was this and the White Album by Avenged. Yeah. I think it's Brompton Cocktail when you've got all the kind of, there's like African drums and percussion just before the, well, during the intro of the song. And it really kind of opened my eyes to think, I don't just have to play a drum kit, you know. In a studio environment, you can pull out whatever you want mm-hmm. and you can layer it however you want and no one can really tell you. It can be like, oh, actually, this is supposed to be there for a reason. Yeah. Because who else is telling me not to? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, f- I felt like it, it kind of opened my eyes as a drummer. What about you? Because I know that you look at things in a very... Guitarist way. <laughs> well, in, in a way, but... Me and you approach music from a different point of view. Yeah. So, I find the sheer amount of weird sounds they get within this album open my eyes to being able to try to achieve that through playing guitar. But then, I mean, that was a very narrow-minded way that I used to look when I was younger. But obviously, as I've grown older and since we started the Ever Changer project, it's I've started producing music more as thinking about everything, yeah, as a musician rather than just a guitarist. And whether that's down to playing the guitar completely differently, like being more aggressive towards the strings, um. Or if it's down to hardware, you can get cr- crazy amounts of sound from different different methods. Yeah, and I think the important thing is to look at it as, um, I don't know, it, it's a real difficult one, especially when it comes to like musicianship and, and things like that, because removing... I, th- I feel like the, the best thing you can learn as a musician is dexterity. Mm-hmm. Learning to be flexible. You know, be able to go from playing something really light, maybe finger-picked on a guitar, yeah, to, like, really hammering strings in a heavier section. Like, not enough bands do that. It's just a lot of the same dynamics all the way through, and it's, it's just like, well, where's your... Dexterity. Yeah, where's your flexibility in, in playing... You haven't had to bloody change in the uh, pickup selector. Yeah, little things like that. makes such a massive difference. How many people do you see? You see all in like maybe country, jazz, things like that. How many people do you actually see? 
kind of when they go into a solo, flick the pickup switch. You see John Mayer do it. Mm-hmm. You don't really ever see it in metal for the most part. Like, I'm not saying that people don't. I'm just saying that for the most part, people don't do that. And I think it's it's, it's a lost needed. art form. It's it's needed more. You know, it, those controls on the front of your guitar are there for a reason. Mm-hmm. They're part of the instrument. So I, I find it quite interesting. I, I can rant about this stuff for hours, I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, okay, what I will do as a final question okay. is if you could erase a song from existence, don't worry, this isn't a glitch in the matrix, <laughs> this is a different question, and you could have written it yourself, Ooh. therefore stealing a song, what question? What question? What song would it be? Does it necessarily mean that the song that I choose would be as big today if I had wrote it in terms of popularity, fame, all that kind of jazz? I'd say yes, but I'd say it'd take on a different life form because it's from a different artist, isn't it? I'd probably have to say duality. Yeah. I think. I get it. I think if you were going like pure fame and fortune, you'd go, oh, before I forget, but mm. as... It hits different. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think I agree. Like, I like Vermillion. Mm-hmm. And that's just from a songwriter's point of view, I think. But... Yeah, it's got to be Duello. Oh, it has to be. A class song. <laughs> I just wouldn't remake that music video. No, that, yeah. Not in a bad way. Like it's a brilliant music video, but I, I wouldn't want to fall through a ceiling. <laughs> that dude. <laughs> like there's so many funny moments in that video where it's just like Not dude falls through the ceiling. You got that and I'm really sorry to say it's got that little chubby dude doing this in the camera. <laughs> 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 Pulling weird faces. I find it there's just if you if you go through that video and mute the song, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is so weird if you do some music videos. Go through that music video, mute that song, and just watch people's faces. Brilliant. Pause it's so it. fun. Pause it as well. At any point, you'll get someone good. <laughs> Audio subtitles, if you're listening on Spotify, Josh was pulling dirt fake. <laughs> um, but yeah, basically, I think if you're looking at... <laughs> If you're looking at like music videos, I've, I think that's such a funny thing to do. Yeah. Because half of music videos nowadays don't have any context to the song at all. No, there's nine times out of ten it's either something to do with story related or live. If you if you don't <laughs> if you if you have a song that is about a certain topic and they make a music video which is just full of clowns, it's just like what? <laughs> Why did you do that for? <laughs> I'm trying to think of a music video. But it's like I think, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like first date by Blink. Yeah, 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 they're just dressed up as creepy dudes. <laughs> if you if you literally take it all away, you just got creepy dudes in that music video, <laughs> and I think it's great. But <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. 
Um, I went off on a tangent there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think, unless you've got any more questions. No, I think I'm good. I think we may wrap it up there. Yeah. If you've made it this far, as usual, thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot. We're trying up a different camera system for live and stuff like that. So if you like it, let us know. Um, I'm going to throw Josh in the deep end here and just put a, a bit of a uh, suggestion out. If you guys would like to see us do this live on YouTube so you can get involved at the same time, let us know in the comments. Uh, if you're on Spotify or you know Apple Music or any of those sort of platforms, thank you for being here. We are seeing you and we, we do appreciate it. That is you know what we do it for. Um, and it's really cool to see in the previous video people actually getting in the comments and being like, oh, this is my dream band set up and stuff like that. So if, you, if there are questions that you want to answer to um, during the podcast, feel free to let us know. We've got mm. an Instagram, Sounds That Changed My Life. We've got a Facebook, Sounds That Changed My Life. Um, that's all for now. <laughs> um, but if you are on YouTube, feel free to comment too. It's much appreciated. If you can, follow, subscribe, ding dong, the bell. Rate five stars on iTunes. Rate five stars on iTunes. Say some nice stuff about us. Or even if it's hilarious. In fact, rate leave us a joke. Rate five stars on iTunes. Leave hilarious sentences of comments, all that kind of crap. And we'll pick the best one. Read it. Leave it mighty boost crimp. Oh, please, please, please. please, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we really do appreciate it. And... We are working on a lot of stuff in the background, so we, we are trying to get videos out as quickly as possible. But we've got a lot of focuses that we want to do with this channel mm-hmm. um, and platforms. So, yeah, if you like it, please follow, all that sort of stuff. Also, sharing stuff online helps us too. Definitely. So if you can do that, it would be amazing. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. We will see you in around a week for the next one. Do you want to see us do another Q&A? Have you got any questions for us? If not, what album has changed your life? What do you want to see? Open to suggestions. Sweet. (laughs) Bye-bye, guys.